Wow. That's church. I think we just had church, guys. <laughs> or encounter. Either one or both. Um, good morning. It's good to see all your shining faces since we were on vacation last Sunday. <laughs> we played hooky from church. Um, so a, a lot of you know, you know, Chris has been talking a lot about um, SOKP that some of us just went through. Um, School of the Kingdom Prophets. Say it again. School of Kingdom. They're changing it. Is that right? Yeah. Because I didn't get it wrong, right? They changed it. <laughs> just kidding. Because <laughs> I'm not wrong. Is that right? No. <laughs> I was just checking. I'm going for a winning streak here. No. Okay. Stop. Um, <laughs> we've been doing this online school, and uh, we just graduated from it. But some of us were able to go to graduation in Amarillo, and some of us were not. Right here? Right here? Um, but I just wanted to call these guys up and give a testimony, which is Marilyn, the Rodriguez's, Roger and Sarah, uh, just to come tell it because, you know, we got to talk with, a little bit with Marilyn and we talked with the Rodriguez's and these guys are activated. There's been a switch that has been turned on on them and we just want them to share with some of what they experienced and what they got. Who wants to go first? Miss Marilyn is going first. Oh, if we can just kind of keep it, kind of keep it. Okay, so we went, and when I say it was fire, it was fire. I mean, that's it. Hashtag fire done. But like Raquel said, it was activation. Um, you know, man, we just went through a whole year of just teaching and more teaching, and when we were there, it was like, it, from the minute we walked in, it's so crazy how we've had this whole year of people you see on Zoom, but when you get there and you're that family, it's like, man, we're so tight, we're all like-minded, we're all ready to go, and then when you hear the words just spitting out, um, out of people's mouths, not just the teachers, but everybody there. It was just fire on top of fire and speaking into people's life. And that's what it was. I mean, they just spoke into your life. One of the quotes that uh, stood out to me was by Ryan Pena. He said, you can't live in your season. And I just like, done, 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 because we can't live there. We can't. That is just preparing to the next step. That's just the next. That's just a preparation. God's paving your way, so we can't stay there. And I guess the other thing that really stood out to me is our authority. Again, I mean, we hear um, Chris and Raquel talking about our authority and telling us we have authority. But man, I don't know what it was that clicked for me at least this weekend. But speaking of authority. We had testimony coming home. It's just so crazy. Um, I totally, totally believe Ryan and Adriana, when we said create a miracle, it's done. It's happened. It's over with. So, look, guys, we got authority. Yesterday, too, we went out and we spoke life into people that I don't think I could have done before this. Not because I didn't have the ability, but because I didn't understand my authority. So I guess, yeah, that's what it was for me. It just 
hey, you got it. We're going with it. This is who we are, all of us as a whole. This is who we are. We have authority. We have a voice. Let's bring the kingdom. That was awesome. This is a Rodriguez's. <clears throat> Rodriguez's. If you can, just a quick minute. All right. So um, the School of Kingdom Conference, and it's over in general, the, the whole School of Kingdom. I mean, it's, Mom said it the best. I mean, we were family online, and when we got there in person, it's still you still felt that family just with everybody. Um, but this conference this weekend, I mean, it was just there was just so much fire. Just so much revelation that they were just bringing and just equipping you to, to be able to really go out and um, step into the divine destiny that God has for you. And that's what the school is all about, developing you. And, um, and so one of the things that Michael Dalton said that just was like, bam, like just really spoke to me was he brought the word impartation and just said it in such a way that it was like, wow, that's what true impartation is. And the, what he said was that, True, what impartation is, is not giving you what's mine, giving it to you. It's actually me giving you the key to unlock what's already inside of you. And so, like, when I heard that, I was just like, dang, so that's what Matt did for me. <laughs> you know? So it's like, or whoever else did this. Like, when we hear that from people, like, I'm just going to impart this over you. It's not that you didn't have it. It's just really just there because they already had that key, that breakthrough for them. So they can just give it to you so that you can step into that already in your own life. And so that this that weekend was just so powerful for us. So now my wife's going to speak. <laughs> so I'm going to try to keep it. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it kind of short. Um, so <laughs> Sorry. Uh, focus. Um, so, so when we went, that was the main thing I was telling Raquel. Um, it was just this, um, it was really just a time for them to activate us. And so there was one time Michael was speaking, I think it was Saturday evening. I'm going to give a short, like brief description of this, but he was speaking and he was just talking about like knowing your authority, taking ownership of who you are and walk in that. And it's something clicked for me because uh, some of y'all know Roger and I've been looking for a house for a while. And when he said that, I was like, he's not just talking about ministry. It's literally every aspect of your life, like take it and own it. And so when he said that it clicked and I was like, Oh, I can do that with the house too. Like he kind of already knows this and waits for me to catch up. But it happened in that moment. And so, and so um, when, right when I, I thought that, I kid you not, guys, like two seconds later, the house I had, I, we had requested everyone to pray about. Um, the first time around, we didn't actually get it. They didn't accept our offer. Um, and then, um, cool testimony. But anyway, God said, don't worry, it's coming back to you. I didn't know what that looked like. But um, when Michael Dalton said that and I accepted that, oh, hey, I can do this in every aspect of my life. Um, I kid you not, our realtor texted us and said, hey, that house y'all wanted is back on the market. Let's place a bid. So then that, for some reason, y'all know the market right now. It's crazy. Um, they accepted our bid. And so <laughs> it was just, it's all God. And so it was just one of those things where, like, this is the kind of movement that happens. This is the rapidness of it when you finally accept, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I, this is how I need to do it. And just take that activation and use it. So that was it. Oops, sorry. <laughs> hey, you're running at me. <laughs> Um, if any of you guys are interested in School of Prophets, Kingdom. School of Kingdom, my bad. <laughs> What's that? Oh, thank you, Roger. <laughs> Why? 
Doug is the man. He's a monster. <laughs> Whoa. Um, yes. If you guys are interested in School of the Kingdom, is that right? Got it. Uh, please see one of us. It is an online school. Um, they are signing up for registration for year. It's open now. Um, if you want to go into year one, some of us are going into year two. Some of us completed year two. The HARS completed year two. Yes. <laughs> um, if you're interested, please just see one of us. It's an, it will change your life. Like You're going to be like, oh, that's who God is. My bad. Like, it's like, it is, seriously, it's relearning God all over again. Um, just real quick, another Miss Zoe was involved in, excuse me if I'm not getting it wrong, what is that, Family Fest? Family Fest. And uh, she's going to bring a couple people up here to share their little, their things that they had. Okay, so um, we had a great opportunity to partner with a couple different ministries. We think it's about maybe 20 altogether that came um, with Revival for Survival hosted. It's called Family Fest. And it was a little different for me because I didn't have my two partners with me. <laughs> Rebecca and Leander went there. They were um, busy with family and life. Lots of things going on. But um, a lot of our team got to come out, and it was quite amazing. Um, it was in Third Ward of Houston, um, so the demographic was highly um, African-American, low-subsidized um, living, but it was, just, it was just beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, we had games for the kids, um, face painting, um, you know, music, just everything you can think of as of a carnival kind of setting, that's what it was. Um, but then also we got to meet their physical needs. So we had like the food bank, um, health checks, things like that to help them. Um, but then we also had the spiritual needs, which was amazing. So we had prayer tents, and then we had the prophetic art that we did. And then we also did dream interpretation, which we didn't call it that. We called it dream session. So I have two people I'd love to share. So Lydia, if you would come on up, and then Sarah, if you'd come on up. But um, just real quickly, I wanted to share a testimony. So um, it, was, it was sort of both types of people that we were ministering to. We had a lot of people that were volunteers there. They were like, what's going on in these tents? And it was really awesome because they got to see God move in a different way. Um, than they're used to. And so, like, God can talk and speak through the arts, and it was like, yes, he can. And so it was beautiful to minister to them, love on them through a painting or have a dream interpretation and just really share the heart of the Father. Um, and then we had a lot of people just off the streets. So we had some homeless people come in and just people from that neighborhood. And just one particular one, I'll do it really, really short, but um, there was a, a homeless man that came, um, and immediately when he sat down, I saw a barn. And I was like, okay, let's just go with this. So I started painting this barn. And um, just a picket fence, barn, green grass, red, red barn. I remember it had to be red. And so I showed him the picture. I was like, you know, does this mean anything to you? And I always like to say that because it's not about my interpretation. It's what it meant to that person. So it's all about learning. So like, what does this mean to you? It's like, is there, you know, a farm that you used to go to or family or anything. He's like, yes, my grandmother had a, had a farm and in the barn looked just like it. So it was so awesome to just go, you know what? I just, and I go, was that, a, was she a praying woman? You know, and you know, I didn't want to say, you know, church or faith. And he's like, yes, she prayed for me all the time. And I was like, you know, I think God's just saying how much your grandmother prayed for you and loved you 
and that God loves you. And I go, I don't, I don't even know you, but God knows you. And I go, that's why he wanted me to paint this picture for you, just to remind you of how much he loved you and how much your grandmother loved you and, and prayed for you. So it was really beautiful. His eyes were like bug-eyed. I can't even tell you. It was like this on me. So I got to pray and minister to him. But it was, that was just like one snippet of just showing God's love through art. Um, and it blows me away every single time. So the amazing Lydia. Um, this was our first time going out doing dream interpretations, um, I would say, in a wide variety in the world. So we had a lot of people come in, oh, well, tell me my dream. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not the way it works. <laughs> but it's, it's not that they didn't have a dream, it's that they lost their dreams. Um, they, didn't, they no longer knew what they were dreaming about. So then you're like, well, no, give me your dream, and I'm going to tell you the meaning. And it was awesome because you just got to see hope light up in these people's face and their eyes. Um, um, you also got to watch God take back what was his in that moment. Um, but the overall experience was awesome because um, it was family. It wasn't a bunch of churches competing against each other. It was we're here for one purpose, and it's just to love these people and give them hope back. So it was the most amazing experience watching people not only wake up and realize their dreams mean something, but to realize that their dreams can come true and there is hope for them and to love on them. Yeah, that was so beautifully said because there was so many different ministries and families and it was, it's like we were just so working so well together and it was really awesome. And Sarah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I'll, I'll keep it really short because she said one painting, but there was actually two because like Zoe said, there was a lot of different types of um, people that were there. There were the people that were there that were part of ministries, you know, wanting to share and they were really interested in it because they had never heard of prophetic art. And then there were other people that were from that area, that neighborhood. So I had really great experiences with two different people. Um, one of them was someone who was there that was volunteering and um, she, she was like, oh, I'm an intercessor, right? Like, so she's telling me all these things. I'm like, okay, well, we'll see what God says, right? I'm not going to lie. I was terrified because I saw, like, this stage, and she was just kind of standing with her hands up, and I saw, like, people throwing roses at her feet. And so I thought it was just, like, God saying, okay, like, I'm really proud of you for, for what you're doing. Like, this, I want to show you that I adore you and admire you and all these things, right? And so I'm speaking this into her, and she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is, like, confirmation for me, too. So it was that. And she's like, I felt that that was right, but I also have been wanting to retire. Um, I teach theater, and I was wanting to get into film. So this just tells me that this is exactly what I need to be doing. I've finished here. That was my grand finale. Now let's go on to the next. And so I was like, oh, my God. It was one of those moments where, like, God uses me? Hold on. <laughs> so, so it was really cool. And then we had another experience where there was a young lady that came in with her stepson, um, and it was just amazing. I, like, I just wanted to hug her all day long. But she came in to me, and at first she was very cold, but, like, nice, you know, just have said very little. Um, but anyway, I just saw, it reminded me, um, I saw this picture where she was just kind of playing in this field with Jesus, and it reminded me of something that mom had experienced. Um, and I was like, okay, God, that was my mom's word. Why are you showing me that? But uh, it was actually because it was almost the same word but for her. And so um, he just kept telling me, like, she's been through so much in her life. She's had to grow up so fast. Like, she's had, she's dealt with things that someone her age would never have dealt with before. And so he wanted to say, just enjoy me, have time with me, spend, you know, 
be young and fun with me. And so I had explained that to her, and I was like, but the reason why you've been through, not that you've been through those things, but the reason why you're so powerful and can get through those things is because he made you the strong woman that you are. So now you're going to take that, and you're going to use it for other women who have been through that same situation, and they're getting, then you're going to be able to know how to handle that situation. You're going to be able to show them the love that they need for that to get through those things. So anyway, so she started crying, and I was like, keep it together. So... <laughs> So then um, <laughs> she, I go to leave. Um, Zoe was talking to me. I didn't know this, but she was waiting outside in her car by the gate for me. And she calls me over. She's like, hey, hey. And I was like, uh, one of those moments where you're like, do I go to the car? Um, and I was like, okay. I'll, I felt right, so I went. Um, and she was like, I just really wanted to thank you. And she started crying again. She's like, you have no idea what this meant. And so I reached in the car. She, like, came out of her window to give me a hug and, like, pulled me in. And it was so amazing. And it was one of those moments where it's like, I love that because let's just be real, guys. The area we were in, there was some stuff in her car. Um, but it was fine because it's one of those moments where it's like that doesn't matter at that point. What matters is that she felt the love that I had for her and that God had, that God used me to show her, if that makes sense. Um, and so it was just a, such a powerful moment because that, that just touched my heart so much, like, it was just, I don't know, I just, I'm like, please come to every event, because I just want to keep up with you, so, anyway, that was that. Yeah, it was just such an honor, but it was cool, because I actually got to witness it, I was like, oh, there's, like, that must be one of Sarah's friends, I mean, that's how much she trusted her, and that, like, that quick bond, it was beautiful. Yes, well, thank you. You know what I love about Sarah is that when she gives you um, a testimony, she also gives you little inserts or like little bubbles yeah. of what's happening in her mind. <laughs> it's like little. Uh, guys, if you don't mind, you know how when you slap your, your laps and you do this, can y'all do that? Yeah. All right, I wanted to call Chris up here for a standing ovation. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> If we had a spotlight, I'd get a... Oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> you ever seen Remember the Titans? It's like one of my favorite movies. That part where Denzel Washington, he looks at Coach Yost and he says, Welcome to my life, Yost. Welcome to my life, Cor. I love you. Uh, turn with me to the book of uh, Romans, chapter 8. And while you're doing that, um, yeah, I'm getting there. Relax. 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 Maybe I was going to do something different. I mean, I wasn't, but maybe I was. All right, kiddos, y'all have a good one. One thing that uh, I did want to mention um, that we, we have really kind of just, for lack of a better word, we've kind of forgotten about it. Um, we really don't talk about uh, money anymore. <laughs> um, and I, I wanna, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to get some stuff together. I'm not ready to do it yet, but... Um, uh, my thoughts in processing of tithes and offering has changed. 
Um, and in a nutshell, I'm looking at the aspect, or I'm trying to decipher and understand from the scripture that, you know, actually tithing and offering uh, is an old covenant uh, deal. The New Testament is all about reaping and sowing. And so um, the beautiful thing of our Father is He doesn't force anything. He doesn't force us to do anything. There truly is no uh, reward system uh, with God. Uh, that was the Old Covenant when you followed the law. In the New Testament, you're just loved and you have everything and that's it. Uh, and so I, I want to mention that, um, you know, we believe in reaping and sowing. And so we're, 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 we're kind of diving into and looking. We're definitely not stopped giving. And uh, we hope that you don't either. We don't get a salary here because we're investing in core and what it is and what all y'all are going to accomplish. But uh, it, it, takes, it takes money to keep the air on and pay the rent and do the lights and all that stuff, right? So just want to mention... Uh, don't, we, we just have not mentioned it in like, like a couple of months. I kind of go back and watch the messages to see uh, if all the things Raquel tells me I do wrong, if they're true. And <laughs> as I'm watching, I'm realizing, man, we don't talk about that anymore. And, you know, some people may not know. Uh, so what I would say is really pray and ask the Lord what to give if you want to stick with the 10% and then offerings. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I don't think there's wrong either way. Uh, it just is important that as a community that we give to keep the house going. Amen? And Raquel and I are fully invested. Um, we believe in what y'all are doing and what we're going to accomplish together. And so just that little piece right there is what I wanted to drop. Uh, is that good? Uh, cool. Turn with me to Romans 8. I think I already told you that. Um, and uh, this morning, I, I just want to hit a few things. Um, let me get a drink real quick. And you have to forgive me, I, I do need a cough drop. I got a little, some little allergy sinus thing decided to kind of bother me this morning. I couldn't even, there was no way I could sing. Like I mentioned, Sarah dropped her stuff on me. Um, Romans 8. We're really wanting to push and pursue into um, a deeper understanding of the supernatural realities that you and I walk in and out of every single day. When I say walk in and out of, what I'm talking about is that uh, there are moments that we choose, we make a, a choice, whether of ignorance or an absolute choice, that we just decide not to do something we have the opportunity of. You, you've, you've been there, right? You ever missed something? You ever missed an opportunity? Uh, I had that happen a few weeks ago. Uh, I probably have more than I realize. Um, and so um, there's other moments that we just miss, Right? And um, I, I'm, I'm really wanting to become the person that is uh, fully aware uh, spiritually because I am actually a spiritual person, yes? We are uh, bi-locational or by um, what's when you're two citizens of two places? What is that word? Dual citizen. We're a citizen of the earth, and we're a citizen of heaven. Amen? Is that true? And so we know that that realm or that place or that identity of heaven that you and I have and are, that overpowers and oversees the authority and power here on this earth. That's why we can pray for healing and it happens. That's why you can go sit down and paint a picture 
and ask God to speak something to you about this person, and he'll give you a red barn and exactly what this guy needed, right? Because the supernatural realm overpowers uh, and over-influences the physical realm. But you and I make that choice and that decision uh, to step in and out. Uh, and and I, I, I want to be the person that is just full-on aware, like moment by moment. Uh, I, I think all of you would agree that that's where you want to be as well, right? So in Romans 8, you may say, well, man, that's the, that's the good news. That's the all things work together for good chapter. It is, and that's really what we know it for mostly, uh, is that and also about being a son and a daughter of God. But we're going to pick it up in verse uh, 18. Um, oh, wait a minute. Am I in the right place? Hmm. Yeah, verse 18. I'm sorry. I'm, my notes are a little off here. That's all right. Um, so, Father, we just thank you this morning. We know your word doesn't return void, but I'm praying this morning that our understanding would be opened up and that you would create new pathways of our thinking, uh, new understandings of our actual realities, and that you would give us courage to step into those uh, through your word. Let us just be enlightened even more this morning as we read what you say in the name of Jesus. Amen. He's good. Amen. So in verse 18, um, there's just this amazing, this whole chapter in book is just absolutely amazing. But in verse 18, Paul writes, um, uh, For I am convinced that these, any suffering that we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. That's the passion. Let me read it out of the uh, New American Standard, uh, 18 uh, through 20. It says, For I, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. For the eagerly awaiting creation waits for the revealing of the sons and the daughters of God. Um, so this, in the Passion, he talks about it's tiptoeing, right? And uh, there's uh, some pretty fascinating language here. Um, the Greek word, Brian Simmons, uh, I'm, I'm using some of his notes here. Uh, the Greek word there, uh, it actually means intense anticipation or anxiously anticipating what is about to happen. John felt this the first time he thought Zoe was about to kiss him. Larry, too, but not Zoe, Mary. The first time that I thought Raquel and I were about to kiss, this word, eagerly anticipate. Come on, you all know what I'm talking about. Everyone, especially Eric, man, this guy... He's always talking about his sexy wife and all this stuff, right? So let me read you, let me read you this other little piece that Brian Simmons puts on here. It is uh, intense anticipation or anxiously anticipating what is about to happen with an outstretched neck. 
like you're reaching out there, right? This is crazy. So there's this other note that he has that the, um, for that verse 19, that the manifestation of the sons of God in the Greek word used for unveiling is actually the same word that is used for the title of the book, Revelation. It's the same word. So we, we, we tend to look at the book of Revelation like, oh man, this is, it's, it's the revelation of Jesus, and it is. But just like people anticipate the revelation of Jesus, the entire world is waiting and anticipating the revelation of you. He uses the same word to describe the unveiling of Jesus as to use the same word to, to describe the unveiling of you. Like, think about that. We're not better than. We're not more than. We will do greater things than Jesus did. We simply are because he lives in us. No longer do I live, but Christ lives in me. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit take up residence in us. And he's talking about the, the entire world is eagerly anticipating, he says, on tiptoe. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I used to play baseball a lot. And, uh, man, once we get up into them age brackets where, you know, kids think they can pitch and coaches let them in there because they think they can pitch and they really can't. And some of them kids start throwing 45, 50 miles an hour, you know, and I weighed like a buck five, and I'm up there, and that man, that fastball's coming, and, and we go to the batting cages, they'd be throwing at 60. It's like, man, you ever been there in that anticipation? Some anticipation is good, and some is not so good. I remember getting many swats with the belt from my dad, my grandfather, my, my pop, we called him Papa, Papa Atkinson, my mom's dad, he had this big old belt. Man, that sucker was like three inches thick or th three inches wide. And my grandfather, when he, when, he, when he got a little older in life, he really let himself go. And he, his pants were like a size 80. He was about five feet tall and five feet wide. Not exaggerating at all. You could roll him around if he would get on his side, right? I mean, he, he just, that's. Kevin will tell you, and I'm not trying to make fun of him, it's just that's, and that belt, so you got an 80-inch waist, you need an 86-inch belt. And he would get that sucker off the windowsill, eagerly anticipated the swing of old smoking. That was the name of the belt. It was white, white leather. You remember old smoky, Kevin? I don't know if... White on the outside, black on He never wore the black side. He always told us that the white side hurt more. So we would get this anticipation along with every cuss word that you could hear, how he's going to bust this and this and this and that. Da, 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 da. You could hear it cutting through the air. Smack. Smack. You're over here. You're anticipating, right? I like the kissing anticipation a lot better. So, 
I wanted to point out that that's the same word. See, the created universe is but the backdrop for the dramatic appearing of God's sons and daughters unveiled with the glory of Jesus upon them. The verb tense in the Greek text is clear that this unveiling is imminent, it's soon to happen, and it is destined to take place. What does that mean? That means that actually nothing, nothing can pull away your destiny of being unveiled. You can run from God all you want, but at the end of the day, you cannot be separated from his love. Amen? I thought that was a pretty cool point that Brian Simmons brings up. He says, Christ's glory will come to us, enter us, fill us, envelop us, and then be revealed through us as partakers of the glory. Although God will not share his glory with any other, we are no longer another. Right? For we are one with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus does pray about the glory of the Father being on you and I, about us having the glory. But the only way that's possible is because he's in us. Amen? And that's just a beautiful thing. And the entire world is waiting for the unveiling with intense anticipation on the tiptoes. Like, man. So he goes on, uh, verse, um, let's see, let's go to verse 20. He says, for against its will... The universe itself had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. The actual physical earth, the land, the animals, the trees, the water, the air, every single thing was affected by Adam and Eve's decision uh, that day in the garden. Do you remember uh, in Genesis? Go back and read it. It's really cool. Um, God had to curse the ground. He didn't curse Adam. Uh, he didn't curse Cain. He had to curse the ground, right? Uh, at one point, it says that the ground was calling out for Cain because his brother's blood was shed, right? The, the point is, is that the actual physical earth was infected the same as humanity was. Not by its own choice. I sit there and I think, okay, Jesus, what is the purpose of a mosquito? I got one even better, and it's the first thing I'm going to ask him when I get up there. Roger already knows. What in the world was the purpose of the Famosa termite? Like, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Why do you need an animal that eats everything of wood and it makes its own water supply? It goes into your house, it gets up in the tops, it gets down to the ground one time, and then it gets enough water to build its carton, is what it's called. And then it destroys your house and there's nothing you can do about it because you can't find it. You can get a heat gun and you can, uh, a sensor, a thermal sensor, and you can try to find and tear out the walls. We know because we fought them suckers for five years. It's an unwinnable fight unless you get the gasoline and burn that sucker to the ground. Is that true? Is this true, Roger? It's just, it, it, they're jokes, right? It's like, what in the world, man? 
Why, Jesus? See, there was a good purpose for the Famosa termite before the fall. What? I don't know. Mosquitoes? I mean, who? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't understand it. But the point is, even trees, the bushes, the ocean, fish, everything was affected. The earth did not want. It's what it says, the, uh, that uh, for against its own will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. You with me? Uh, but now the eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. You have, I believe, the full authority, but I also believe you and I have the obligation to set the earth free. Uh, Jesus calmed the storm, yes? We were driving back from Dallas yesterday, and uh, I was on my way to Kevin's house, and uh, we were talking on the phone about an hour and a half away. And uh, he said, man, it looks like it's fixing to just storm bad over here. And there was a big storm that rolled through. And the whole way there, we got a couple of sprinkles. And um, I was pulling a trailer with some stuff, and I was like, God, please. And I said, no, rain, stop. No rain, right? We started to just, well, I don't know if you joined me. I don't remember now. But anyway, it was just calling out the rain to stop. Don't want no rain. Got there. Backed up, unloaded, unhooked the trailer. We're standing out there talking for just probably two minutes, and all of a sudden the rain started. So we went inside. <laughs> you have full authority over the, over the earth, over the trees. You, you have that. The ground is waiting for you to set it free. That's what we just read. I mean, I'm not telling you something that is out of my imagination. We just read it. That all creation, verse 21, longs for freedom from its slavery to decay. The earth is decaying. See, whether I, I don't necessarily think that climate change, I, I got my own thoughts on all of that, but uh, is it shutting off fossil fuels? I do not think so. I think it's setting the earth free. That's just me. Um. The earth is longing to be set free uh, from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. The earth wants to dance with you. You know, he says uh, the fields of the, or the trees of the field will clap their hands. The rocks will cry out on and on and on, right? Creation is waiting for you and I to give it freedom, but also to step into our unveiling because it gets freed up in the same process. Does that make sense? Beautiful. Verse 22, to this day we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation as if it were in the contractions of labor for childbirth. And it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also, look at this, inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed. For this is the hope of our salvation. 
Did you catch that? Man, go back and read this verse and just tear it apart, verse, word by word, because it, your own physical body is groaning for more of God. Is this true? And I've, I've, I've thought about it and I've wondered, like, how do you correlate that in your head? Like, like the little babies, um, you know, like there's a little baby right there. I can't see that well. Is that lying? No? Did you have a baby? No. Oh, you did. You did. I can't even hardly see y'all because the lights. Yeah, that's that little Valle baby right there. I forgot. If I do this, I can see real good. All right. So you think he gets hungry and he says, yo, mom, I want a peanut butter and jelly. PG and J, baby. Does he, does he do that? Not yet, but he will be. He will be. There goes lying around the corner. We all know when he's hungry. Right? This morning, Sophie was, was not having it. She just woken up and she wasn't having it. She's screaming and hollering and all that. They don't know how to communicate yet. But there's a part of them that is eagerly wanting something. Right? The Word tells us that there is a part of you and I that is eagerly yearning for more of God. And I believe there's a part of it that we don't quite understand. And then there's another part that we do. I think there are levels to the groaning inside of me. Does that make sense? And so, what do we do? Well, I'm glad that you asked that question because there's an answer right here. He says, just like creation... We have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit. See, we experience the first fruit, which is what? Jesus inside of me. No longer do I live, but Christ lives in me. I'm the vine, he's the bran- or he's the vine, I'm the branch. Yes? That's the first fruit. Um, uh, it says, uh, have already experienced, also inwardly grown as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed, for this is the hope of our salvation. Meaning, there's something more. Does anybody hope for something that you already have? Well, that's, that's different, though. You don't hope for something you already have, right? I don't sit here and say, man, I hope I get a 30-year marriage. I already got one. <laughs> right? Look at verse 24. For this is the hope of our salvation. Hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. For why would we need to hope for something we already have? So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep waiting for its fulfillment. Does that make sense? Like we are meant, remember that eager, eagerly anticipate outstretched neck oh man so Paul is going through this I believe to stir up the anticipation in us because it's not just you and I that are waiting on the unveiling of ourselves. it's also the world around us it's the people around you it's simply waiting for the unseen part of you that the world knows is there he knows it's there, but you haven't seen it yet because you're not there yet at that next step, that next level, that next place of fulfillment. Man, I love it. Verse 25, so because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, 
We patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. But look at verse 26. It's so amazing. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. Is that not crazy good stuff right there? I didn't write that. I'm reading it. So it's not me. He says, for example, perfect example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to intercede on our behalf, pleading with God with emotional sighs too deep for words. Even when you don't know what to call out or what to pray or where to go, or what to do. There is a part of you that is longing for connection with Him. There's a part of us that is reaching out no matter what we do see, feel, hear, or think. It is waiting and longing. And it's sitting there cheering you on. Come on, man. Come on. Step in. Come on. Release. Step in. We use those fancy. Those are our new Christianese words, by the way, right? We tried to get away from uh, all these Christianese words, but now these are our new ones. I'm going to release. Right? I'm going to call out. Time to change. We've got to start thinking of some, some different language, I think. But since we're all here and we're family, we know what it is. It's time to release. <laughs> See, the unveiled you, the unrealized you, is only unveiled and unrealized to the world around us and you. Because dad already knows how you are. Dad already knows who you are. Dad already knows what you're meant to be. And the world around us knows that you are more than what it sees. Does that make sense? Like, I believe full on that, like our property where we're building this house, uh, man, we felt so sad that day when we had to clear that lot because there were some amazing trees in there. You know, trees are alive. You know that, right? And it's part of creation. But I need a house. So they got to (laughs) go. It's what it is. But that day, man, I felt like, okay, I'm going to step out here. I felt like since that time, like they were, I think Raquel might have said this first, that if, 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 if you said this, that's where I got it. But I remember having the talk and the conversation that I felt like these trees were okay with us taking the place because of what we were going to be solidifying in our home, because of what our home was going to be. Amen? The, the world knows that there's more to you and I. That's a supernatural thing. Amen? Roger and Sarah, they are going to close and get this house that, that they've got an offer in on. And when they do, that ground that they're on is going to rejoice. I don't know who was living there before, but I know, no, no offense to anybody, but this is an upgrade. And the ground is going to rejoice. The home is going to set pretty. Enemy ain't going to like it. He's going to attack and he's going to try to slide in there. And they're going to rebuke that and they're going to fight. But the earth is going to fight with them because the earth is excited with, with extended anticipation about the unveiling of Roger and Sarah Rodriguez in that home. Does that make sense? 
Verse 26. Uh, so here I'm getting to where I want to get to so I can wrap this up. Uh, verse 26 again, in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes a hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to supersede, to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. Um, this is why we full-on believe uh, in the, the, the um, I don't even know that it's a gift as much, but the part of speaking in tongues, the part of you about speaking in another language. Now, there's three parts to speaking in tongues, uh, but we're specifically talking about your own specific prayer language, the part of you that is between you and God and only He understands it. Amen? Uh, in that... I believe that this is part of that description where you get in those moments and you don't know what to pray and you begin in your, in your prayer language and that is Holy Spirit ministering through you. That is your spirit calling out to God, not knowing what in the world. Another thing is a lot of this whole, you know, we're all about prophetic now. Everything's prophetic. I'm glad Dove changed the name because we're not just prophets. We're kingdom, period. Kingdom covers everything. And so... The beautiful thing is, is that even what we've learned in, in the propheticness of us is that as we're standing here, I think Sarah mentioned it, as she's sitting there with this lady, she just got this picture. And then you got a picture of a barn, and then so-and-so heard these words. And, you know, I was, uh, when I was praying for Ryan, I was talking about the way that he sees things. Uh, he's real crazy, man. He sees all kinds of stuff, like literally sees stuff like a movie. He's crazy, so watch out. But in all of that, Raquel will just know things. She'll just, she'll just know it. And what we've learned is that is Holy Spirit speaking to us. That is our spirit and Him connecting and trying to pull that out. John's another one that has those, those images and videos in his head. And that's Holy Spirit speaking and ministering and calling out things. And in those moments, I highly encourage you. I talked about this last week. I'm going to get to a teaching on tongues. But if you don't have that prayer language... Uh, if you're afraid of it or don't know about it, you just say, hey, I don't want none of that. I thought, watch, I'm out of here, man. No, then fine, okay. But if you really want to press in, then just begin to ask the Lord for that. And we're not going to coach you. We're going to tell you, hey, this is what happens for us. And I would highly challenge you just to sit down, get alone, let the Spirit of God rest upon you. Just begin to just praise Him. Just thank Him and let go and watch what happens. Um, but let me move on here. Uh, the Holy Spirit will pull those things out. Verse 27. We always know verse 28, right? But verse 27, we've we got to have this foundation. He says, God, look at this, the searcher of the heart knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desire of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us his holy ones in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Look, I, to break this down, God searches our heart, but look at this. He knows fully our longings, right? But yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit. So there's a difference there. God is searching our longing right he's searching our heart and he knows our longings 
but he understands the desires of the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit, yes? There's a difference. There's a little bitty separation there. We're not separated from God, so don't throw heresy things at me. There's a separation there in the language because he's going to make a powerful distinction here. There's you and your spirit and your longing and your desire, and there's the Holy Spirit who is following God's plan and God's heart for you. Does that make sense? Okay, well, I'm moving on even if it doesn't. He says, uh, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones in perfect harmony with God's plan and destiny. See, we miss it sometimes, yes? Man. And that's okay. It's okay that we miss it. It's okay. There's no pressure. There's no condemnation. This is a safe place to practice, try, and all that good stuff, right? But we miss it. But God never misses it. Is that true? God never misses anything. He's never wrong. He's never late. He's never off. He doesn't wake up in a bad mood. He doesn't get, you know, angry and I'm not talking to them today. Come here, Holy Spirit. He doesn't do that. Oh, no, no blessing for you. He doesn't do that. Is this true? So here's the thing. God knows his full plan, his original intent and desire for you for authority and revelation to this world. And then here you are with your own longings and desires. You and I, we're full on part of him and he's full on part of us, but we are not totally aligned yet into fullness we're still going through the process, and he's taking us through the layers of growth. Does that make sense? And in the meantime, there are desires of your heart. And I could not think of another way to word it. And I hate to word it this way, but I don't know another way. But there's a part of us, our desires and our walking, that doesn't line up with what God exactly wants at that moment. It doesn't mean that you're going to complete 180. It just means if he wanted you to barely turn to the left, that maybe you went too far. Or maybe you didn't go left at all. Maybe you just plant your feet. And maybe he didn't want you to smart off to that person. But you did it anyway. Right? Those are the moments that I'm talking about where we get off the plan of God. And does he go, does he sit there and does he do that? No. He simply adjusts. You know what's so cool about these awesome cameras that we have? They have autofocus. It's so cool. The, the thing, the camera tells them when it's out of focus, it like lights up red or something around me if they got me out of focus. Is that right, Kevin? Yeah? Um, God's got an autofocus. <laughs> when we kind of step back or to the left or out of the way a little bit or whatever, he says, oh, well, that's not, let me just refocus. His plan and his destiny adjust. And him and the Holy Spirit are talking. He's like, man, Hey, God, I, I told them, I was, I was giving them pictures about this red barn, but they decided to go to that blue garage. He's all right, it's all right, Spirit. We'll work with that. We'll get them back over there. 
or we'll just adjust. We'll autofocus. Does this make sense? And here's, here's the proof. I'll read the verse 27 again. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings. So he knows what you're longing for, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God in us. There's a distinction. There's a difference between our longings and what Holy Spirit is hearing from the Lord. Uh, he pleads before God uh, in perfect harmony with God's plan and destiny. He's, he's in perfect harmony with God's plan and destiny, and you and I, we're walking it out. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me? So It seems like, I, did I get off anywhere? Yeah? Are we good? Okay. It's not heresy. I'm just reading his word. So in, in the New American Standard, he says, uh, and, and he searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the Spirit is. You see the distinction between the heart of us and the mind of the Spirit? There's a difference. Uh, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. There's a difference there. There's, a, there's the will of God that the Spirit knows, and there's you and I who are just walking this life out, man. We're walking, and we're trying and he's up there not throwing lightning bolts or flattening your tires or let, draining the oil out of your car because you didn't give and you didn't speak to that guy and you said a blue barn instead of a red. It doesn't happen. He adjusts because his plan and his desire for you will not change. And this is the supernatural reality of stepping in to the unveiling of who you are. And verse 28 is where I want to end. In the new, in the passion, he says, so we are convinced now remember, he's just talking about the Holy Spirit in harmony with God and your longing of your heart trying to come together. He says, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives, look at this, is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose for he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son that is some good stuff right there yeah like you you there's no expounding on that man that's just there everything in your life is woven together in his plan for your good well i've got this sickness Somehow there's good in there. Maybe it's not unveiled yet. I don't know. And on and on and on. There's so much to go into with that. But I'm going to leave that there. Does this make sense? What, what, I, what I want to leave you with is this understanding that there, there is there's the longing of your heart and there is the pulling of the Holy Spirit that goes on inside of you. There is also the entire world, the, the physical earth, and the entire world around you is waiting for the unveiling of you. And you are still being fulfilled and unveiled. So let's stand in that authority that Marilyn was talking about. And you're going to stand in that authority until you get to the point where you've got to learn new authority. And then he's going to say, okay, Holy Spirit, let's show them the red barn again. And see if they get it this time. Because I want to take them up here. Does that make sense? It's not about doing it's not, it's not, it's simply about being the son and the daughter. And I know that we have beat this over and over for the last couple of years, but 
There truly is no greater explanation of you and I to reach the world around us and to bring reformation of the kingdom. By, uh, no, there's no other way to explain it other than you becoming who you're meant to be. You are the son and you are the daughter. And that's it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's over. So let's learn what does John as a son look like in this current time and space? What does Zoe look like as a daughter in this current time and space until the next growth moment? And on and on and on, all down the list. If you're watching on the YouTube or the YouTube, nobody mean I sound like a dork. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast, he's waiting on you to create your own video. He's waiting on you to step into your own destiny. And he's waiting for you to step into who you were meant to be. Here in the house, we get to have stuff like what happened today. We're, we, we don't force any of that stuff. We look for the opportunity, and it happens. That happens because you people step into worship. That opens up another realm. Another, the, the heavenly realm is already here. But as you press in and enter in his gates with thanksgiving, his course with praise, and you lift up your heart, then something else begins to happen as a stirring. And so we here, we get to physically be part of that stuff, like what happened today. How many of you came up here and you were blessed? Why? Because it's a natural occurrence in the supernatural realm that we stepped into. So if you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, man, that's there for you also. Find someone that's kingdom-minded and partner with them and begin to call out your own destiny. It's time that we speak over our own self, man. How many times in all our, our lives did we tell ourselves how stupid we were or how worthless we were or we had our parents tell us that or show us that, right? How many times? Oh, you'll never be that. Oh, you're just, you're going to do just like this. You're just like your daddy. That's like the dumbest thing in the world, Jesus. Anyway, stand with me if you would. Oh, man. Oh, I forgot if somebody's watching on Zoom. Somebody is. I can't see who. I can't read that, that way. But, man, it's good stuff. Amen. Does this make sense today? I hope that you are right now pondering in your head what's anticipating you out there. I hope that you're pondering right now when, where, what is anticipating my arrival, me opening my mouth, me being kind, me showing love, me just being. Does that make sense? Man, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this amazing group of people that it's like Christmas <laughs> every Sunday, Lord. We, we get to, to see something else unveiled in them, like what all happened this morning, Father. And I just thank you that, <clears throat> that we're in this place where we can walk together hand in hand into the unveiling of who we are as your sons and your daughters. And I just thank you, God, for what you're doing. I thank you for what is about to happen as we continue to step in and I also pray I, I want to speak over you all uh, and, and, and starting with me that our awareness of the supernatural our awareness of the spirit led and spirit desired that it would increase 
that our, that our awareness would, would uh, come alive because of anticipation. You know, when we were kids, we used to sit there and wonder, man. When Raquel and I first got together, I used to wonder, man, am I going to get to kiss her today? I used to think about that stuff all day. I was so madly in love. I still am, by the way. I, I think that at home, man. I, am I going to get kissed when I get home? I don't care. I love you. I don't care. Soak it up. Soak it up. It's all good. I love you to death, woman. I do. I have that anticipation. Yeah. Ronnie, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. We've been together 30 years, and sometimes in that pattern, you're running and going through the kitchen. We're just trying to do this, and all of a sudden, we'll stop. Ooh, that anticipation. Inside, I get that smile. <laughs> and my heart flutters, and I feel this just excitement. And that is the exact same way that he feels about you. That's the exact same way that the world around us is excited about you stepping into what you're about to do. So, Father, I just seal this word over us. Let your word that we read, let it just come alive in our hearts, Jesus. Just do it. Just do it, Jesus. Help us to be more aware, more aware of the spirit around us and what you're trying to pull out of us and unveil in us. In Jesus' name, God bless you all. Y'all be safe. We'll see you Sunday. If you, uh, if you need anything, please come and see us. Uh, last thing real quick, we're going to get Sarah to make a deal. Uh, but Craig Ferris will be with us on the last Sunday of the month, the 27th. Uh, next month, at the end of the month, Matt and Dez will be with us. We're going to have a three-day deal on that. So be ready, be excited. We love you. God bless.